Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk about Disney Cruise Line itineraries. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, agent consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Howdy. Everybody, again, thank you for joining us for another episode. Um, on past shows, uh, we talked a lot about Disney Cruise Line, and we focused a lot on the ships. We talked about decor, we talked about amenities, we talked about restaurants and things like that. But now we wanted to spend some time and talk about itineraries. Um, for some people, this is the reason to cruise. Right. For a lot of, I think probably almost for most people, we're a little bit different than that, but it's about having the opportunity to go to places perhaps you wouldn't go to on a standalone vacation. You might not fly to these places and spend time there. So it's an opportunity to sort of taste different areas around the world and uh, experience different cultures that way in a way that's unique in that you are sort of going with your hotel room. So cruising offers you the opportunity to see multiple places but all your stuff's still with you in your hotel room. You don't have to pack and unpack and worry about those um, logistics of taking care of your stuff. So um, there's a lot of itineraries on Disney Cruise Line. We are not going to be able to go in depth on every single one. We're going to try to give you a taste of where Disney Cruise Line does travel. And when we come up to an itinerary or a port of call that we visited, um, we're going to give you our insight into how we enjoyed it, what we did, some tips and tricks perhaps in that uh, port of call. But um, let's get started. Let's start talking about specifically where Disney Cruise Line goes. Tracy, what have you got for us? Well, I think first, when you're talking about cruise line itineraries, you kind of start with the Bahamas. That's probably the one that most people do. It's a little bit of an entry-level cruise. They tend to be shorter cruises. People will get their feet wet with this type of cruise. So with talking about Disney, the Disney Dream does round-trip Bahamas three and four nights, just every week, three and four night sailings. Um, So this is kind of your standard. Usually a Nassau, Castaway Key, the four night will have a sea day with that as well. This is your standard fare kind of thing. And that's on the Dream. So there will be some exceptions part of the year. I think this summer for a month or six weeks, they're doing um, a four night or I'm sorry, five night double dip. So right. that means they're going to Castaway Key right. a couple times. Uh, so that's unique. But for the most part, the dream is it's at a Port Canaveral three and four nights. It's just kind These of these are tried and true itineraries. Right. These are ports of call that a lot of cruise lines go to because they're close. So yes. they can get to, get there overnight. Yeah, they can do a three night cruise and get out right. and back and give you a taste of different ports. And of when call. you're talking about Disney, they're an easy add on to a land stay. Yeah. Um, so you know, again, Disney doesn't do, really do land and sea pricing anymore. That's for a different show. But if you're coming down for a theme park, you want to add a cruise to that. It just kind of lends itself to that. Right. Disney's about, also unique. I'm sorry, Disney's unique in the fact that they've put one of their newest ships on a Bahamas, Bahamas itinerary. A lot of cruise lines don't do that. A lot of cruise right. lines... Are- and the reason is because it's so popular. That's right. right. More uh, staterooms, more people. Yeah. Um, these Bahama sailings, Nassau in particular, um, we've been on multiple times, more times than I can even count. And um, they offer something for everybody. 
Um, you know, there is excursions where you can go and spend the day at the beach. And that's what you can do all day long. Mm-hmm. Or you can go shopping. There's a downtown area you can go to. Um, You've probably heard us talk on other shows. Not our favorite port. Um, sometimes feels a little seedy. People do a day trip to Atlantis here. Right. You can um, do that and spend a day at Atlantis and use some of their features. It's a pretty pricey excursion, but it can be done. Another alternative to that is looking at uh, booking directly with Atlantis, their day rate, where you can still use the facilities. So Atlantis is here, so for those that are, are wondering. this is There's a casino, there's an aquarium, yeah. there's a water park. Right. There's the a lot of activities. I don't dislike uh, Nassau as much as... Other people do. I don't think it's. I don't think it's my favorite by any means. No. But I don't think. It, I don't dislike it. There's also a little bit of jadedness. You know, if this is the first time you're going on a cruise and that's the port you're going to, I think people would love it. Right. I think we've just been so many times that you know, what else is there to do there? For and as far us? as Castaway Key, um, Disney's private island. I think everybody has heard us to all talk about that multiple times. Um, you know about our our love for that. Um, it's just about as idyllic a beach yeah. experience really as you can get. Castaway. It, it really very much like a deserted island, um, and it's really meant to With be that plumbing way. and services yeah, exactly. and cars and yeah. <laughs> I guess island. I have a different idea of deserted, but <laughs> but that's um, the theme they're going for, though. Maybe that by it's Canadian isolated. standards. Um, so I mean, this is you know this is your typical, and this is kind of your your entry level. Cruise. People like Castaway Key so much that they will book a three night and a four night knowing that they right. would get to go twice. twice right? yeah. So that's why these double dips quote unquote are so popular. Sure. Now sure. the other thing is um, there are op- other opportunities throughout the year to do a Bahamas cruise. So I'll give you an example of the magic during certain dates of the year. Not very many, but usually when, so what happens is the magic goes to Europe for the summer. Different ships are doing different things. So there's always these little blocks of time where it's like, okay, what are we going to do with the ship? Right. So they've started adding some sailings out of Miami, the odd time out of Port Canaveral, where you may be able to find, you know, the magic doing a three or a five night sailing to the Bahamas. Um, There's another reason to look at different itineraries is because of where the cruise departs from. So you might find a departure point that's easier for you to get to, a little less expensive. So, you know, it's not always about all of the ports. However, it might be about where you're leaving from, where you're returning to, and specific ports that you get yeah. to visit. The Wonder also has usually a handful of dates at the end of the year, November, December-ish, out of Galveston, where they're doing seven-night Bahamas sailings out of Galveston. And also the Magic will do is doing some New York City this year. So out of New York City, they've got a handful of dates where they're sailing down to the Bahamas for seven nights with a stop in Port Canaveral for a Disney day. Right. So and they find an excursion where you can actually go to Disney right. for the day. So we've just, sailed out of New York City. Yeah. That's a fun thing to do. It really yeah. is. It's a, it's for those of us who sail out of Port Canaveral a lot. That's a great. Experience. It's a great change. Yeah, I like sailing out of New York City. So I would think after the Bahamas. Oh, I did want to mention the Fantasy in May is doing a three night double dip to Castaway Key. The Fantasy never does Bahamas sailings, but they have a three night. Two night, two st- two stops at Castaway Key and back. So wow. interesting. If you've wanted to get on the Fantasy but haven't yet, this three night might be a way to do it. So that is going to be one busy cruise. Yeah, <laughs> it's be a busy exactly. Cruise. It's just it's basically two beach days and you're home. And they're but, probably going to pull out just far enough so you can see Castaway Key <laughs> and then pull back. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, so just mention that. Now speaking of the Fantasy, uh, the Fantasy is alternating Eastern and Western Caribbeans. 
So that's where um, these, I would say, are probably the second most popular after the Bahamases. This is, you know, your seven nights. The Bahamases? She said Bahamases. Bahamases. I did say Bahamases. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yay. Plural of Bahamas. The plural of Bahamas. The Bahamas is as islands. <laughs> Um, so let's look at like in Eastern Caribbean, for example, these will be your islands. Um, Disney will change it up a little bit, but this could be Tortola, St. Thomas. Um, sometimes you'll see St. Martin over here, you know, in the Eastern itinerary. These are those kinds of islands. Um, and I know I say that because I know the business, so I don't think I'm, I'm doing it justice. I find but, that most Easterners usually St. Thomas and St. Martin. Yes, St. Martin. I think Tortola is, is Tortola is unique, and I in new this year, yeah, isn't it? It is, and Disney also will change it up a little bit, so it may not always be the same two or three islands on every every itinerary. Um, so these are your seven nights on an Eastern. You'll almost always have three sea days. So for some, that's a selling feature, and for others, it's not. That's right. Um, so keep that in mind. And again, the Fantasy Sales at a Port Canaveral. Right. And these, it'll always have a castaway key stop as well. Yeah. And these ports that they go to in the Eastern Caribbean, they're uh, highly tourist port ports. They're ports that have developed around the tourist industry. They're very Americanized. Very Americanized. There's yeah. a lot of shopping right there off the boat. Um, again, shore excursions where you can do a beach day, you can do activities, you know, you can do water things. So it's always stuff to do. It's right. never like I'm just going to go here and I'm going to be bored. What can I, what can I yeah. do? These are exciting ports of call, especially if that's what you're into. Right. Um, and then the cruise lines also always, you know, the alternative to the eastern is the western. So, again, seven nights. So they'll usually alternate week to week. Um, a western Caribbean will typically be, this is going to be your Mexico. So this is usually Cozumel. Um, You'll get Falmouth, Jamaica in here. Disney started doing that that long ago. So that will be there. Um, again, Grand a stop Cayman. in Castaway. Grand Cayman is usually included. And again, sometimes they're swapped out. Usually on a Western, you only end up with two sea days. And again, this is strictly a distance thing. This is how long it's taking the ship to get to different areas. For those of you who um, are uh, listening and not watching, we have some itineraries up on the screen so you can get a visual of what they look like, where the ship is going. So, I mean, as you can see, exactly to Tracy's point, you know, this cruise has to go around a big island, whatever that flan mass is in the middle. Cuba, Spain, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's not Spain. It's not Russia. Spain? No. It might be. <laughs> Tortellini. Right. What is that called? I think it's Cuba. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. But it's just, so like, so it's just depending on the distances and stuff, but cruise lines, and they all do it, they'll group certain islands together just because of distance and logistics involved in, in getting to those There's areas. also a, something to be said for tradition. These are right. standard itineraries. Cruise lines do them over and over again. They work. Because there's logistics involved in getting the cruise to port and exactly. docked and where you are. And sometimes the, the size of the ship is important. Mm-hmm. I almost said it, but I didn't. The size of the ship is important because, you know, not all islands or not all uh, ports can take a larger ship. So this can matter as well. You know, at Key West used to be a, a regular stop for Disney. And now only the classic ships will do that once in a while. And I'm guessing, you know, with the newer ships, they just couldn't include that port anymore. Um there's also, you know, the ships have to schedule these stops in advance. So there are stops where, you know, they've built a relationship and right. they can oh, get a better sure. a better yeah. dock, exactly. a better berth. Yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um 
So there's also, like, you know, again, I talked about, you know, ships being in between other itineraries. So you may find the Magic is doing five-night Caribbean sailings out of Miami. Um, you know, at a New York City it might do. I don't think it's – actually, I don't I – scratch that. I don't think the Magic's doing any Caribbean at a New York City this year. Um, but there could be other times where, you know, one of the classic ships is doing something different. So we – there's no way we could possibly talk about every itinerary, what every ship is doing every week of the year because it varies greatly. So- because they also – while a ship is moving from one port to another or one location to another location, right. there'll be a cruise in between that's a complete right. one off. Exactly. Uh, There's we, a lot the of word for that, we call that a repositioning cruise. Right. So um, the, the Wonder has been doing some Southern Caribbean itineraries. And there's one in early 2018. I think we have a slide of that. Um, a Southern itinerary, for the most part, is very port intensive and will usually leave and disney's for sure they leave from san juan so now you're doing a seven night round trip from san juan and because the islands are so close and clustered in that area you know you can almost be in a different port every day they may have one or two sea days sometimes they don't um but this is going to be antigua saint lucia you might get to go to aruba on this type of itinerary or carousel um and for the most part these are islands the average cruiser doesn't get to because I actually would like to do this because yes. these are places that I exactly. haven't been. Yeah. And we've been to San Juan, but we've never flown into and out of San Juan. Have you ever done that? I've not, actually. I've yeah. not done. I've done a Southern Caribbean, but it was out of Barbados, my very first cruise, and it was out of Barbados. We've um, been to Aruba. Yeah. But we got to Aruba from New Jersey. It's a long story. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, I'm assuming that there's an ease for getting into and out of San Juan. Oh, absolutely. San Juan is a major cruise port for these type of itineraries. I think just about every cruise line has an itinerary at a San Juan. So it's not like, you know, Disney's reinventing the wheel here. Um, There are a lot of cruises that cruise at a San Juan. And the only reason you leave and return to San Juan is the distance. The distance, location. Um, Other cruise lines will sometimes do Southern Caribbean out of the U.S. Or, I'm sorry, San Juan is the U.S., but out of Maine. Land the mainland, um, but they are tend to be longer because of the distance down. Right, twelve night back. cruises. Yeah, so I am enjoying the clouds on the slide very much. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's really. <laughs> I hand painted each one of those. Did in. you? Really? I did. Yeah. So these that. are really unique, and I find people who have cruised before looking for something a little different. For me, especially on a Caribbean cruise. The islands just are not an appeal. I don't know that if you took me out on an island and turned me around three times, I could tell you where I was. Mm. You know, like, they all tend to look alike. Um, So, you know, eastern has different characteristics than western. The southern, they're interesting islands. It's somewhere different. These cruises sometimes will price a little less than the eastern and western on the fantasy. Again, because it's a classic ship, partly, is that a San Juan. So for some people, that's a logistics issue. Right. I mean, for some people, the idea of going out of Port Canaveral is so easy because right. of Walt Disney World. Exactly. Because of the uh, airport yeah. being located so quickly. And I do know there's a lot of um, a lot of short flights from Orlando to San Juan. Yep. To we San Juan. There's a couple different airlines doing it. So Disney these are also really has unique. all of its infrastructure here, so the right. Magical right. Express right. thing works. Yeah. I think what happens, too, is when we look at doing another cruise um, – Sometimes we look at Cruise Line. Yep. We're very excited about the celebrity shows that went up. 
we look at trying a different cruise line. We look at trying different ships within a cruise line. But we also want to go someplace different. Right. Because even though we Or we go, look for an absolute bargain and not care where it goes. Right. But even if it's going to like two of the same ports, if it's going to one port that's a little bit different, it's a little bit more exciting to us to say we've been someplace different. So. Exactly. And I think that's what this itinerary offers. I think so, too. And a lot of people, um, sometimes there's a lot of different reasons that cr- dictate what cruise you end up taking. Sometimes it's your dates. This is when I can travel. What can I have? Uh, sometimes it's your budget. And sometimes it's, I just want to see something different. Where do I want to go? Yeah, that's exactly true. So now let's move um, into Europe. So Disney, we assume they're still going to do it for summer of 18. As of the time that we're recording this, we don't know yet. Right. Um, Disney Cruise Line Disney has not released Cruise that information right. yet. And so we don't know yet what they're doing in the summer of 18. So we'll have to see. However, um, this has been a very popular It itinerary. has. I think that one year they kind of, they didn't. They did some, they took kind of took a year off from it. So you, you never know for sure, but I would be very surprised if they didn't. Right. Um, so they're doing, and basically a Europe, a Europe season usually starts around May and ends around September, especially for a cruise line like Disney with a limited number of ships. There are some cruise lines that have a lot more in their fleet, and they may put you know a ship over there a little longer. But in I would say, generally speaking, a European season is made of September. Well, a great deal of Europe has a winter season. Exactly. So what happens then on the op- on the ends of that is a transatlantic cruise. So you know. The Disney has been using the magic in Europe, and we would imagine they would continue to do so. Um, and so the magic will do a transatlantic, you know, eastbound in May and head over there usually a 14 or a 15 night. It may do some stops here. So it might do, I know the one was doing like New York City. It was going on to do some, you know, a Canada stop and moving on. Or it might do, you know, a couple stops on the other end. Yeah. But you typically, this is, you know, this is usually a good There's 10 sea days in the middle. These can be very, these can be affordable cruises for a couple of reasons. One, there's a large number of sea days and not a lot of ports. And two, you're now getting a one-way flight back. And not a lot of people have that kind of time. So if you're looking for a bargain and you want to spend two weeks on a ship, a transatlantic might be the way to do it. Right. Um, you really have to enjoy the ship. You have we've to. done a transatlantic, and we enjoy being on the ship. Um, we've also done a transpacific from San, Fran- San Francisco, excuse me, from Sydney to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and it's a great deal of time on the it open is. ocean. So you had you better have enjoy. to be okay with that. Right. There's also something else because of these repositioning cruises. You can also use it as your transportation. Right. We've done that before right. where we've taken a trip where we wound up in the place where we are now going to spend some time. Right. So it kind of becomes your cost of your airfare. You figure that's in there, but it's yeah. also your food and stuff. So what Disney does is when they go to Europe, they're not doing – they're not just doing – it's not like the fantasy where it's just doing a repeat itinerary. They mix it up a little bit. So they'll have seven to ten nights in length doing different Mediterranean um, ports they'll tend to be your Italy, Spain, France. It's kind of standard in the you know for Mediterranean cruises. They'll also do um, a Northern Europe. Um, usually they'll have a couple throw a couple of those sailings in. They tend to be longer, ten or eleven nights. This is where you're going to hit you know you know Denmark or Sweden or Russia. Usually they'll and do an overnight in Russia, Saint Petersburg. Um, you know they may embark or or get off in Amsterdam. Um, so these are more of your, you know, again, different, yeah, different countries. Um, so d- than your typical Mediterranean sailings. Um, 
they also have been doing a lot of stuff in Norway over the last couple of seasons. We expect to see that. Those are popular sailings. Um, they have a Levenite Norwegian fjords in Iceland. Really interesting itinerary. I mean, you know, if, if you wanted to, if getting to this part of the world was part, you know, on your bucket list or something that you were considering doing, this is a great way to do it. You know, you have that ship as your home base and your transportation. Um, you can see Norway and Iceland. Some of their itineraries have a stop in Scotland as well. So you They just did an Emerald Isles this last mm-hmm. summer where that was a... Adventures by Disney didn't. Yeah. No, Disney Cruise Line did one, didn't they? They're doing a... Um, I don't think they called it Emerald Isles, didn't they? They're doing a British Isles. Yeah, 12 Night British Isles are doing this summer. And that would be, you know, it's doing Ireland and England and Scotland. Really unique. So Didn't they do one last summer? I think they did, yeah. I'm almost sure. So once the season's over, it kind of... Like, I was just going to say, yeah. Space. I don't think they called it Emerald Isles. I think no, that's, that's what I think they called it British Isles. Yeah. And I think I do think you're right, but I, I, kind of when the season's over, it kind of leaves because I've got two more years to sneak in there somewhere. I only so. know because I booked someone on this itinerary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one so, of the cool things I think people should keep in mind is that, um, you know, if you first of all, if you want to see this part of the world, this is a great way to do it. Right. Look at all right. these great ports right. that you get to visit in one trip. You right. would never do that on your own. You would never take a small plane. And, and if hop. you did, um, you know, a lot of people go and they'll travel Europe. We did a little bit of a Europe add onto an ABD, and you realize the logistics. Right. right. You know, the cost of hotels are more. the The logistics of transportation in between. And how you that spend all a great works deal of time getting of time. from place to place. So you kind of realize having this home base right. where you've got your transportation, you've got your accommodations, some of your meals, because I'm visiting these kind of, I'm eating elsewhere probably. Right. Um, there's a convenience to it. Now, especially, you know, Norway and Iceland. What, what happens a lot on the Mediterranean sailings, though, is that a lot of your ports, they're a distance away from the city. Like you might, right. you know, you might have be stopping in Rome, but you're probably in that really place with a really long name that starts with a C. Chitavitavecchia or yeah, something. There. I can never say you're, that. You're a good 90 minutes to two hours You've done that away from mm-hmm. Rome. So you have to keep that in mind as well when you're doing the Mediterranean ports. I think um, it's important to point out that if you're going on a cruise to ports, you're getting a small taste yes. of each port. This is not in-depth touring. Yeah, you're getting a snippet. You're on the day you go to Rome, you're in Rome for eight. You're in Italy at that port for eight to ten hours. But if you're going to Rome, you now had an hour and a half to two hours each way, right. which means you usually get four or five hours in the city of Rome. And of course, you can see all of Rome in four hours. And usually, there is um, there are. I, there are shore excursions that are just transportation. Yes. They'll help you get to the place you want to see. But there are also shore excursions that are specific. So there might be, say, a church tour or something. Like, in for instance, the Vatican. But pretty much what you're going to do is transfer to Rome, see the Vatican, maybe have some time on your own for lunch and shopping, and then transfer back. back. On the bus. I, really, I really think these cruises are people who are, it's their first time to Europe, and they're getting an overview or people who have been before and just kind of want to maybe revisit some places. I think along an itinerary like this for us is more about okay, I've been to some of these places, but I will never go to Reykjavik on my own. Right. So I would really love to yes. see that. This is a great way to see exactly. it. Or it, for us, a lot of times 
it gives us, it's the taste we need to want to go back and visit. That's exactly true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the first time to Europe comes in because now you're getting a snippet of different places. Yeah, I really, that was not what I was expecting. I'd love to have more time there. Or it's not what I was expecting. I don't need to go back. Sometimes that may happen too. It also, you know, also allows people in Europe the chance to travel on Disney Cruise Line. Right. You know how expensive There's it that. is for them to yep. come here and go to Port Canaveral. So now the, the the boat is closer to where they live, and it gives them a chance to cruise. So I'm all about giving people chances. All about the chances. So he's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, So let's go to a different part of the world. Let's go to Alaska now. Yay! Yay. This was a revelation to me. This was funny because this was one of those things where I had been on two Alaska cruises and was talking to John and Kevin, and and they did this. They do this thing to me sometimes where they look at me when I'm telling them something. They go, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, "Isn't mm -hmm." she cute?" And that's what they used to do when I talked about Alaska. And then we did that group to Alaska last year. God, we found love. And they were like, "Oh my god." They never said you were right because they wouldn't, but they did kind of. We had a bigger suite on that trip. <laughs> they did have a bigger suite than me on that one. Um, so I've done this now three times, I think. We have, we have the fourth this summer. I love Alaska. I love this cruise. Um, there's basically two ways to do Alaska. First of all, let's talk about the season. Again, like Europe, it's kind of a May to September. May being. May and September both being very shoulder seasons for this. So the weather could be cooler. You may find that um, not... I don't know. I didn't find, have issues. Some people told me with ports, you could find that some things aren't open. I, would I never, think that, yeah. yeah. Depending on I the didn't weather. find that in my experience. I've yeah. traveled at the beginning and the end of the season before, but I, I do think that could be a potentially an issue. If you're traveling in September, a lot of the ports have sails. Yeah, that's true. And the biggest thing about it is traveling in May and September is the price is considerably lower than June, July, August, with July it's and August also, being the busiest. From what I understand, it's the buggy season. In Alaska. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I didn't. The early May season is the buggy season. I haven't had an issue with that, but maybe. Maybe I, I've also not to... been hiking in the woods. <laughs> I haven't done any of those types of excursions, so that could be it too. <laughs> There's very few bugs in her stateroom. Yeah. <laughs> or the store. Or the, or the store. store, yeah. The gift so shop. So look, look at this itinerary. This itinerary is uh, very popular. This yeah, something so, that other cruise lines do as well. Yeah, know? so the, basically, as I said, there's two ways to do Alaska. One is the round trip. So the round trip is you're going out, you're coming back, same port. So usually, uh, usually Vancouver. Seattle, a lot of cruise lines. Disney uses Vancouver. There are a couple others that do round trip Vancouver. I've done both Vancouver and Seattle. In my opinion, Vancouver is the better cruise. Um, when we did this with Disney, it was um, there was so much of the cruise where there was land on both sides of you for a lot of so there was a lot of scenic cruising even you know these sea days it was still kind of a little bit scenic so I thought cruising out of Vancouver was a little better whereas you're going out of Seattle there's a lot more of just looking at water until you get to where you're going um, so just really personal opinion um, but typically with Disney anyway the three stops Skagway. Juno and Ketchikan. There will also be a day where they usually do a fjord. I think Disney's doing Tracy Arm. Um, so there'll be that day as well. Um, that's not a port where you're getting out and visiting. It's, it's a you glacier. You stay on the boat and they basically. pull up to the glacier. Yeah. However, they, this is one of those things where people kept saying, you're going to see the glacier. Great. We're going to see the glacier. How big a deal could this be? This seems silly to me. 
You got there and you were blown away at nature. There yes. were seals and otters. Yes. And then, I mean, you pull up to the glacier. It's not like right. it's here your binoculars, maybe you'll see it in the distance. And the, ship, right does, there. the ship does a 360 because you have to come in. And the captain of the ship is navigating through this because there's tiny little glaciers and seals and it's a very small area and it can really take a full day. Icebergs. Not the little. What did she say? Ice cubes? Tiny little glaciers. Tiny little glaciers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's right. I think that's an oxymoron. (laughs) Tiny little glaciers, yeah. (laughs) There were ice cubes. (laughs) So this is the most popular way to I have to tell you a story. They told us, oh, they made a big deal out of it. When you're going through the channel towards the glacier, you're going to want a balcony, order breakfast, take a blanket out of the balcony, get hot chocolate, get coffee. And we did this. And for what seemed like a very long time, we seemed to be very close to a sheer rock wall. And I kept thinking, is this what people are excited about? Because first of all, I'm freezing. And second of all, I'm looking at rock. And we were on the side of the ship. They turned the other side towards the glacier first. And we could hear people cheering and screaming. And I thought, those they're really excited about these rocks. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? And then the ship turned, and all of a sudden, I was the one cheering and screaming, and I must have 4,000 pictures of an otter. So, um, yeah. And a bald eagle. And it's not, this itinerary and seeing Alaska is not just about the glacier. Um, The things we got to do and see on that Alaska cruise is still today one of my favorite cruises we've ever done. We took a train ride. uh, Mm -hmm. um, And it's a white. What? Yeah, in Skagway. And if you know us, us, we are not train people. No. I loved it. Well, actually, we took a bus up because the train goes yep. both ways. So we took a bus up to the top and took the train back. I loved it. I it thought it was amazing. Day. Then went whale watching on a whale watching boat one day. Truly, I one of, they were snowing us. You think so? Oh, this is the best thing we've ever seen. No one's ever seen this before. Now, if anybody I've talked to, I have done whale watching three times, and I can tell you, I've never seen anything like that trip. Really? I've, I've made a big deal over. I have never, like, with all, because there were so many. At one point, it looked like the whales were in a conga line dancing for us. They did. <laughs> like, really like, there were so many of them. Like, I've never, and I have done that. Dun, 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 dun. I think that was my third whale watching in Alaska, and plus, I've done it elsewhere, and I've never, ever seen anything like that. Like, that was, now maybe others have, but I personally have never seen, like, to that extent. We liked Alaska so much, we're going back. I go. I'll start again. We liked Alaska so much, we're going back again this summer. Right. Yeah. Doing a Royal Caribbean cruise, but still, same port. But there's a bunch of us. This is not a podcast cruise. This is not a organized event cruise. But there's a bunch of us going. And how many people ballpark for me? 45, 50? I think. Something like that. 45 yeah. or 50? 40, 45. Yeah, so, so if you'd like to join us, there's still space available on the ship. And Tracy would love to book you. She would. July 28th out of Seattle. We're sailing. That one's with Royal Caribbean, by the way. Awesome. Yeah, um, that she just told you how much better Vancouver was. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I tell everybody who asks me, I really do. However, I would say the majority of cruisers that we book, um, well, the ones who do Disney don't have a choice, but others will do Seattle. I think people are more comfortable with a U.S. You know, U.S. departure, not having. I will say this. I think Seattle for us, uh, first of all, we have a friend in Seattle we like to visit, but it was also a little bit um, – a little bit of it's never a place I've never been to. Right. So I wanted to visit that place and see those sites. And so we yes. just love Seattle. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I thought I Seattle, Seattle was great. Yeah. But I would love to do that in Vancouver. Um, does does Disney do the one-way? They do not. So okay. that is the second way to do Alaska, where it's a one-way. We'll talk about that on another show when we talk about itineraries with different cruise lines. So Disney does not at this point do that. I would love to see them start to do that. I think that becomes a whole different level that Disney doesn't want to get into yet. Because now you're talking about add-ons and interior trips. Just in case um, you don't listen to the next show, what that means is you leave a port and either fly to the northern part of Alaska and sail back, or you sail from the lower portion mm-hmm. and sail up to the northern person and then fly back. portion and then fly right, back. It's right, a right. one-way sail. It's sailing. a one-way as opposed to these round trips. And you'll tend to get more, um, you'll see more of the interior of Alaska. When you do one of these round trip Alaska cruises, if you look at a map, you're actually kind of barely only sort of in Alaska. You're really in Canada for most of the trip. Exactly. You really are. <laughs> they it's really need to sliver. rename these. Yeah, except for that tiny little sliver on the end. You're really in Canada for most of this cruise. Um, and in fact, I think I forgot what where we were. I think it might have been Skagway. The guy was saying, you know, just on the other side of that mountain is Canada, right? <laughs> um, so you really, but when you're doing the one way, you get a little farther north. You make it into Fairbanks. Um, you see more of Alaska. You do. Um, so I mean, we you've heard us talk about Alaska's definitely. Love Every once in a while, Disney will throw off like doing the seven night. They might do like a four night. Um, just at the beginning of the season, just to get the dates right. Or this summer they were doing a nine night for something different. Um, but generally speaking, these are seven night sailings. And again, this was a revelation to me. Yeah. I was not excited about it at all mm-hmm. and fell in love. Same thing that for my very first Alaska cruise, we did it again. We did it with our parents and they wanted to do it. And it was kind of like, and my husband really wanted to do it. And I thought, well, whatever, it's a cruise, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love. It's so wildly different than a Caribbean cruise. It is. It is. Um, so then it's the wonder that's doing Alaska. And then, so what the wonder will do before and after the Alaska season is do some Mexican Riviera stuff. So it'll do some sailings out of San Diego. That's what it's been doing anyway. Usually two to seven nights. Um, just do kind of West Coast, may hit Puerto Vallarta, Cabo St. Lucas, Mazatlan. Um, when I think of those places, I remember the old Love Boat episodes because they, the Pacific Princess, always sailed yeah. out of the west, out of Los Angeles, and it would do these. Um, so the the wonder is doing that in between, you know, before and after the Alaska season. So usually May, September, April, May, September, October, you'll see those happen. Um, and then part of that, of course, now is Disney needs to get the ship back from coast to coast. This is where your Panama Canal cruises come in. So now usually April and September, October. You'll have a Panama Canal cruise just, again, repositioning the ship. Kevin, I mentioned repositioning Well, they do that at the end of the – they have repositioning cruises around the Alaska cruise where you can reposition from uh, Seattle to San Diego. Vancouver, but yes, you're right. Vancouver to San Diego, excuse me. And then at the other end of the season, you can go back north again. Exactly. And so that's why we talk about there's so many of these one-offs. To actually go into every itinerary wouldn't be would be crazy. Just moving the ship. But if you just think about the times where the ship has to move, there's usually some kind of a repositioning. There'll be a repositioning, making taking the ship down to San Juan. There'll be a repositioning. We've talked about the fact that we flew to Sydney and sailed back. It was a repositioning cruise. Exactly. We have not done a Panama Canal crossing. However, everybody we talked to 
say it was a spectacular cruise. Yeah. Something I definitely want to try. Mm, I've never done one. One of the things I've always said is they're always so popular and they always book up fast and the price goes up really fast. Disney should just do those. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, just, just keep going back, <laughs> just and forth. back and forth. You can get people from, you know, Walt Disney World to, to, to Disneyland. Disneyland. Yep. Just keeping them back and forth. Well, that's a great that's idea. Yeah. But yeah, yeah these are all. You think always, of everything, don't I? You do. You're very <laughs> smart. Oh, there's a fly. <laughs> there's a fly. Tracy, he signs the checks. <laughs> um, so then the last one I want to talk about is the Canadian itineraries. I saved the best for last. <laughs> um, basically, they do these typically, again, September, October. Um, this is when they're happening. And if you think about these places, think about Alaska, think about Canada, think about weather. So that kind of give you an idea. You know, nobody's cruising to Alaska in December. You know, so that's why they don't do the European cruises because they right. do have winter. Exactly. So with the the Canadian sailings that are on the Magic out of New York City, and these will be four to seven nights in length, and they'll work them around a little bit of what they're doing to the Bahamas. Bring up that slide, I think. This one just said. Yep. There we are. Nope. Yeah, that's still Alaska. The next cruise, you had yep. it up already, and you would be backed off. Of oh, it. I apologize. That's it. Oh, see what threw me off was the Halloween part. Oh. Yeah. I apologize. All right, we'll forgive you. So the the one that I've chosen, but there are other itineraries. The one I put up, this is kind of the last one they're doing for the season this year. And I love this. This is one of the better ones I've seen them do. Um, so you're sailing into New York City, which we've all talked about is a really neat treat. Um, but this one is doing Prince Edward Island, and it's doing um, Sydney. And it's doing Halifax. So Prince Edward Island is one of those places that is just gaining popularity worldwide. Um, I read about it a lot in different travel magazines. Um, You know, Europeans are loving it. A lot of Americans are going to Prince Edward Island. It's a beautiful place. So this is a great way. Um, Those of you who are fans of the Anna Green Gables books or series, Prince Edward Island, you'd be very familiar with. So to get to spend the day in Prince Edward Island is beautiful. I love this itinerary because it has Sydney because that's my home. It's where I, I was... I used to live like less than a half hour from there. So it's, again, when we did our Canada cruise, we got to go to Halifax right. and New Brunswick. Whereas I feel the the Charlottetown stop, the Sydney stop, this is really bringing you more into the heart of the East Coast, of the maritime you, provinces. When we did our Canadian cruise, well, I loved it. We had a great time. But it didn't feel like I was somewhere different. That's right. It felt like I could have been in any city in the United Especially States. Especially those of you who are used to, you know, maybe like the Boston area. And, right. Do you know, right. like that England. would be very familiar yeah. for you. Whereas I feel if you're getting into Charlottetown, getting into Sydney, especially Sydney's um, on Cape Breton Island, um, this is more getting you into the heart of these places. This is where, this is what really makes us different. This is what really, and I think you would have a different feel this sounds like fun. It yeah. does sound like fun. So I really, I, this itinerary I really like. We had a um, squirrely tour guide in Halifax. <laughs> he colored our per- our perception. <laughs> yeah, and and Halifax is a major city. Don't forget. So like, you know, you're going to you think you're going to Nova Scotia, and you, or you're going to the East Coast. It's still a, it's still a pretty significant yeah, nice city. So, um, whereas if you're going to Charlottetown and Sydney, these are much smaller smaller areas. And uh, so, I wanted to finish on that itinerary. Because there's a statue of Tracy, and I love it. (laughs) And I think, um, especially this time of year in October, the beautiful fall colors, the weather starting to change. um, What's the date? Really nice. This one is October twenty first and twenty eighth. 
Yeah. That fits into our schedule for a minute. We have yeah, seven. Yeah, it does not, unfortunately. <laughs> but you could run into some chilly weather on this. Uh, oh, you absolutely will. I think in some regard, I want to go back to Alaska for a little bit, but in some regard, that's the fun of it. Yes. Because it was chilly and we live in hot weather, right. Alaska was great. Also, would most people think, I think when most people think of cruising, they think of you know the Caribbean, right. at least in the, where we right. live. Only because it's such a prominent thing where here in Florida that you but think the about fact going that to the Caribbean. You go to kind of maybe see the foliage change right. at that time of year. No, I think it's wonderful. I wasn't yeah. complaining. No, I am. I guess I'm I was really. just kind of pointing out that if yeah. you're not familiar with that time of right. year, you could be yep. chilly. You definitely want to have a sweater. I want to point out... Uh, Obviously, you can book all of these itineraries through Dreams Unlimited Travel. One of the nice things, if you go to our website and you go to uh, get a no-obligation quote, on our form, you can actually choose by itinerary. So if you look at the list, the pull-down list, so you might want to explore some of these itineraries we just talked about that perhaps you didn't think about doing in the past. But it's nice and easy to you know, get a quote that way. And if I can say as well, um, people ask all the time, well, where should I go or what, what itinerary is best? That's a really, really hard question to answer. And then when people are choosing a cruise, the first thing is this. What's your purpose of the cruise? Is your cruise being dictated by a date? Is your cruise being dictated by a departure part, port? An event. Um, an event. So what is dictating your cruise? What is, what is bringing you to decide to mm-hmm. cruise? That's where we have to start. You may really want to go to Alaska, but if you can only cruise in February, it's off the table. Right. So... I think for most people, it comes down to date, to start. And then you have to decide what's important to you. Is the itinerary important to you or is the ship? If you're in cold weather, are you looking for something sunny and hot? Right. So you need to think about what what's important, what's important to you. And I can say probably, I would guess, 60 to 70% of my clients, date dictates what they do. Absolutely. You know, you talk about people say, what's the best itinerary? I looked at all of those and I thought, that looks great. I'd love to do that. That looks great. I'd love to do that. So I don't think you could pick a bad itinerary unless it's someplace you've been to that you don't like. Yeah. But I think any one of these are exciting and And different. And that's the thing with the Caribbean itineraries, you know, the eastern, the western of the Bahamas. I have no desire. I have no interest in those those ports anymore. I've been a lot. Um, I'm not a, a beach person. I'm not a water sports person. So they don't hold a lot of appeal to me. But for me, I'm going on those cruises because I'm interested in that ship that might be exactly. doing it or that cruise line that might be doing it. Right. So sometimes, a lot of the times, the ship is dictating. So somebody might come to me and say, I want to go on the fantasy. So now, well, these are your choices. Well, the other thing is that there's also times when we pick cruises based on price. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, I'm looking for a less expensive getaway and there's a good price here. So I don't care where the ship is going. Right. You know? That's exactly True. True. Excellent. Thank you for doing that, Trace. I know that was a lot of work, but I really wanted to make sure we had a chance to talk about that aspect. Of we should call her father and tell her how hard he works. <laughs> you should. You might be watching. You never know. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you very much. Thank you guys for participating. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching our show. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. Bye.